Hey, Alex. You recognize something? Hey, there it is. Ah, dang it. My stupid background. <laughs> if you ever want to see your four disc collection again, you will send me $100 and something else in the mail. Guys, I have a new, so our new guest, Alex, um, I have his alien quadrilogy that he let me borrow in 2011 mm-hmm. and I still have it. It's, it's a nine disc quadrilogy. I think it has some extended versions on there. And uh, I'm pretty sure it cost me $199 when I bought it. $199, you think? Now it's like 10 bucks. you know? I tried to put it on eBay. No one it's, would buy it, so. It's probably <laughs> The only one that responds is me. <laughs> so, guys, uh, if, if you want justice for Alex, start the hashtag free alien quadrilogy. And uh, then I'll cave. It's a long hashtag. Well, yeah, it could be longer. Be long, but worth it. <laughs> The only person who ever texts us about our podcast is on the podcast right now. I I literally tried to lend my friend the Alien movies on Blu-ray, and she only had a DVD player, so that would have came in handy. Last week, that happened. Well, let's get to it. Hey everyone, welcome back to TV Guys. This week we're talking about shows that are old enough that Leonardo DiCaprio is starting to get ready to date them or to dump them. Dang it! <laughs> I don't even. I don't want to do this show anymore. <laughs> you know what? I'm not taking a second take. That's all you get. I was. I was going to leave that in anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Matt. I'm Brian. I'm Paul. I'm Alex. And we're professionals. Well, we've got, like I said, we've got our first time guest, Alex, on. Um, I had said before, typically we'll like let our guests talk about what are some of their top shows. Alex, is there any show that's like one of your top favorites that's not in the two, early 2000s bracket? Yeah, I mean, the easy number one is going to be Friends. It, it carried over into the 2000s, but that's just an easy gimme right there. But yeah. um, other ones, Walking Dead, Sons of Anarchy. If Walking Dead would have ended a little bit sooner, um, it could be one of my top shows. But after season five, it went downhill. Is Walking Dead a 2010 show then? Oh, did you say in 2000? Uh, no, I said outside of it. Yes, yeah, it started outside. Of, I think it was late of the 2000s, I think. That sounds right. Towards the end of it. Oh, yeah, 2010. You're right. Yep. Look at you. You got it. <laughs> I'm like... So- I swear I had my facts right. <laughs> so Alex, do you remember it was back when we were probably like 10 or 11 and we were watching Friends at your house, maybe like a little bit too young to be watching Friends. Mm-hmm. And it happens to be just the scene where the girls were talking about reading Playboy magazines. Mm-hmm. And that's when your mom comes home and says, that's, what are you, what are you yep. watching? Turn that yep. off. Yep. That's how it always goes down. Yep. Worse, worse, the worst possible timing. It's that yep, meme exactly. of like the game when I'm playing it versus the game when my parents walk into the room. It's like the yeah. one time you don't want them right. walking in. Yeah, I think outside of like my dad and my cousin, you're probably the guest on the podcast I've known the longest. I would say so, pretty much since birth. Yeah, actually, (laughs) I might have known you longer than Tammy. Who knows? Yeah, right. (laughs) I think my dad's got you beat, though. I think so. Yeah, (laughs) by a couple days. Yeah, (laughs) a few days. Nice. Um, Alex, you were one that like I heard about more than I met you for a while, like because you left mm-hmm. right when I came in, or pretty quick yep. to that, and so that it's just like Alex, life. Alex, Alex, and I'm like, uh, who, who is this Alex guy? And then I was the new drummer. I took over. Yeah, it. I, I thought they were playing a prank on me because I left for college. Like, oh, this guy Matt, he's so funny. He <laughs> loves movies. He plays the drums. I'm like, you guys are just <laughs> messing with me right now. <laughs> now I know you're lying. No one has ever said Matt is so funny. <laughs> well, I mean, no. did you hear the one-liner? It was, one, it was pretty good. It wasn't Sam. Matt is so funny, and that's Matt. <laughs> that's true. I do toot my own horn a lot. All right. Well, let's get to because there's a lot of shows in the 2000s. So if you are unfamiliar with what we've been doing, we've been covering shows from different decades, starting all the way back at the 60s when TV was invented, and um, then up till now. And so. We're at the 2000s, and these are the early 2000s, 2000 to 2010, and so there's a lot of stuff, but really, like, the landscape of TV, to me, changed even in the 2000s, so there's some that are, like, shows that are so pivotal that they change mm-hmm. what things look like, so we've already had an episode just about this genre, but I feel like 
it's not the best place to start, but a place that I'm going to start because it segues is I'm just going to bring up Survivor because a show like Survivor changed the landscape of reality TV. And that's what we saw, like the biggest upheaval, in my opinion, of shows into the 2000s was all this flood of of reality TV, such as The Apprentice and The the Mole and Big Brother. But they, to me, it loser. started with Survivor. Biggest loser. Yeah. Amazing race. Yeah, we yeah. got two survivor haters on here so it might not be the best topic but too bad this was the heyday of survivor but you can you can hate survivor and acknowledge its impact and they're still beating it to death today so <laughs> yeah i honestly even i stopped watching a couple seasons ago wow that's after, after the all winter season it really went downhill so since you guys hate survivor after season 87 it really started to go downhill <laughs> Well, it was a little bit cool because they brought back is like a whole season of pe- of previous winners, which was kind of cool. Now that Jeff like, the- is on Social Security, as I think it's played out. It's yeah. Go ahead, Brian. On on the early the early two thousands, Survivor like it wasn't just oh, do you watch Survivor? Everyone watched Survivor. The the celebrities of Survivor those in those early days, you didn't need to specify who they were. Everyone knew Colby. Everyone knew Richard Hatch. Everyone knew Johnny Fairplay to the point where it, one of their one of their finales, like season four, I think it was, out of I mean, I'm not saying I'm a fan of it, but Rosie O'Donnell was like the host of their of their after show back when she was famous. And she rode in with Colby Donaldson on a motorcycle. Like that's like and it was after the Super Bowl, I think. Like that's the impact. What a claim to fame. <laughs> if you're Colby. You say everyone has heard of them. I have no idea who those people are. Rosie O'Donnell? <laughs> no. I know Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> Unfortunately. All right. Since you guys hate Survivor, let me let me pitch just this real quick to you. What would you say is your top reality show? Even if you hate all reality TV, what's the one that you lean the most towards? Okay. So I have seen every single episode of The Biggest Loser that has ever been made. We're not talking about Vikings football. We're talking about uh, no. The, the weight loss TV show. I know like there it's a it's a little bit controversial because, um, you know, a lot of people were upset about, you know, the long term effects, the health effects. Uh, most of the people that were on the show lost, you know, many, many pounds, sometimes well over 100 pounds and gained most of it back almost every time. But man, it was just fascinating and inspiring and fun. I love that show. I've seen every episode, yeah. even the reboot that they had a couple of years ago. Well, you you're when you go back to real life, your life isn't going to be. I'm working out ten hours a day and have professional chefs make my food every day. Like, mm-hmm. but a little bit really, harder in the real world. But yeah, to be exactly. fair, Maybe, behind the scenes, yeah. they they weren't like doing 10 hours a day it was like a small amount a small window that they would film and it was just like really hard workout and then they would like kind of starve them and give them these like the behind the scenes of the biggest loser is really kind of sad and weird dark yeah but that's probably where the controversy came from but all the reality tv shows are like that they're all kind of fake in fact biggest loser has more successful relationships that came from it than the bachelor does (laughs) or Mm. like at one point point. that was true so yeah there's there were several weddings um, what year did Survivor come out? Uh, I think it was 99 was the first. No, it was okay. 2000. It was 2000. It might have been filmed yeah. in 99, but it aired in 2000. Gotcha. So I didn't put a lot of reality shows on my list, but and I don't even know if this is considered a reality show. I mean, it's a game show, but I put Who Wants to Be a Millionaire on oh, there. Oh, yeah. That, that was like a, the a early really days with big thing when I was that age. Like We were all pl- you know watching, playing the game and everything, and it sparked a whole bunch of different things. So it's not really reality, but was that is. was that like the prime of that? Was that in the two thousands or was that the late nineties? It started ninety nine. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it went it went into the mid two thousands, and I think it stopped and they started again with a different host. But you know, Regis Philbin. I mean, that was like huge thing. We had the board game. And we did all the stuff after that. Um, yeah. But and that was that was also another thing that kicked off a couple of diff- other like spawns like yeah. Uh, yeah. weakest link weakest was link. a big one, yeah. and then yeah. eventually into yeah. Deal or No Deal oh, was the next prime time. time. Yeah. TV yeah. game show that we had. And then that one, that one was another one that got beat to death and like, uh, maybe primetime game shows aren't our thing anymore. Did, hey. And they brought, didn't they bring that back with um, Jane Lynch too? I don't know how old that was, but I saw it on TV. I don't know how old the oh, yeah. was. Because I like, think that was yeah. Glee. <laughs> <laughs> I always get those two mixed up. Which is on here. <laughs> And <laughs> right, no, okay. Now I want to, I want to just make a cl- clear distinction here because I think because this decade is so massive for TV, 
I think we should like make a hard and fast rule that the shows that we stick to are they're primarily from this decade. So shows like yeah. Breaking Bad, which started mm-hmm. in 2009, I think, and Glee, oh, which is late late 2000s to 2010s, yep. or, Parks and Rec, same Parks type Rec, of thing. Yeah. I yep. don't think we should talk about those because, I mean, we have so many different shows to talk about yep. that are primarily in this decade. Yep. But we could talk about shows that started in like 98, 99, because those would be primarily in this decade. Yeah. yeah. I think if the majority of the run is in 2000s. Right. Yeah. Right. And especially when it's in its peak of popularity, because that, mm-hmm. you know, with Breaking Bad, it wasn't super popular when it first came out. Like right. it was a new show and everything, but it became very popular after 2010. Yeah. I didn't watch any of it till it was all done. So I got to binge the entire series. Yeah. Yeah. Because AMC is not a, a widely seen channel. And then even then they kind of sucked with their rights on their like trying to do their own streaming service. And so when they let it go on Netflix, which is like, I think, season two or season three. Then so many people are like, oh, I've heard about this show. And then it really mm-hmm. blew up. Well, I remember when Breaking Bad came out and finding out what channel it was on. I was like, it was, oh, it's on AMC. I'm like, what? That's really weird. But then you had Walking Dead come out on AMC after that. Mad, Mon- Mad Men came on AMC after that. So I think it started to spark that. But again, that's different decade. So can yeah. I make an observation about this decade that's not necessarily related to one specific show? I think no, no. Uh, yeah, I, I would consider... 2000 to 2010, honestly, the actual real golden age of TV. Yes, because I would agree. Me too. So much in this decade. And mm-hmm. I think there's a few reasons for that, that maybe you guys have more to add to this list. But one of the things is the fact that they were making like cinematic quality TV shows. And I think one of the main reasons for that was the, the change in the actual screen we're watching on. Like mm-hmm. you look at what people were watching TV on in the nineties, like the visual didn't play as much of a part in the nineties. It was more about the the comedy or the lines or or the storyline where the, the visual side of things dramatically changed with widescreen, flat screen TVs. And then, um, and the other thing is uh, like box set binging was kind of like mm-hmm. a precursor to the, what we have now with streaming. And that was kind of that first like opportunity to like sit down and watch an entire series at once. Nobody had done that before previously. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of how great yeah. Lost is, um, <laughs> no, honestly, like to me, I feel like Lost was one of the big catalysts for this. And part of that was just sinking as much as they did into the budget of that pilot episode. And because of them doing that, then the ABC execs are like, we have to make sure that this is a hit. I remember they played like the the pilot three or four times in the course of like mm-hmm. a week and a half. And they're like, mm-hmm. please watch this. Make sure you watch this because you won't get anything else. And we know if you we don't buy you in yeah. right away, you're gonna you're not gonna get on the lost train. But then it yeah. did become that phenomenon. And I think like a lot of other shows saw the success of Lost, whether you hate it or not, it was successful, crazy successful. And a lot of other shows that you're talking about then started to emulate that. Well, let's tell stories that are just overarching things that mm-hmm. aren't like a week to week. You have to actually watch every one and not just come in on it at every episode. Right. Every Especially yeah. for like a network to do. It was, I, mean, I can't think of another show that had that kind of caliber, like on a network TV show. I mean, I remember it was a huge deal when Lost was coming out, like, everyone was talking about, oh, you're going to watch Lost tomorrow. And then after that, it's it's the cliffhangers. Mm-hmm. So yeah. everyone's talking about what happened on last week's episode. And it was one of the very first shows to really, to have that cliffhanger, but then also to kill its main characters. Like that, I, I don't know any other show that would like do that, that frequently, yeah. killing off main characters. You just had no idea what was going to happen. Yeah, so. everyone was, was on the table for, for deaths. Yeah. Yes. And they had, everyone was paying attention. Like I remember with Lost, in the fourth season, they brought back a character to the main cast who had left to come back. And I was frustrated because the, it was a big reveal in like the seventh or eighth episode that, oh my gosh, Michael's back. But then mm-hmm. the first seven episodes, if you watch the names uh, over the course yep. of starring, these, they put his name in there for the yep. first seven episodes. Yeah. Yep. And they announced it too ahead of time. It was like, oh, he's coming back. I'm like, well, that right. ruins it. Like, It does, yeah. I know it's contract stuff, but like I would say, just keep him off of the promotional photos, keep his name off, off the cast until he's revealed. That would just mm-hmm. you're ruining your own reveal. But no, mm-hmm. Lost was, and it's like not only that, um, 
the whole thing of, of the cliffhangers. It's letting people theorize what they think is, is actually going on in between. Right. Everything going. I know we all had those, those talks as well. I think Paul, you didn't, you drop off towards the end. Yeah. I watched, I think the first five seasons and then how many were there? Seven. Was it Six. Seven? Six. Yeah, think, okay. Yeah. Then I watched the first mm-hmm. four and I, the last two mm-hmm. just, it got so weird for me and I just mm-hmm. wasn't into it mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. It's one of those shows where I think they could have, you know, like, like most shows ended a little bit sooner, you know, stop trying to drag it out. Cause it, it did get a little far fetched. And I, I haven't seen it since the first time I watched everything through. So I don't even fully remember everything, but I remember there being still some plot holes in it. Um, but, but again, I think it was, it was, uh, it's, it sparked a lot of similar type of shows. Uh, it was very Brian could give you a detailed explanation if you, if you yeah, want to. Yeah, so could Matt. But, yes. but we wouldn't, but, we wouldn't finish this podcast until next week. So no, we, we did an episode of all about explaining lost already, actually like a couple of years ago. Yeah. But, noticed, I didn't text after that one guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I noticed. We that. noticed that. <laughs> but the thing with, with lost also, what was I going to say? Well, while, while you think of it too, like it, cause I don't think we're going to talk long about these shows, but no. like, yep. Shows like CSI or the other spinoffs of CSI, they started yeah. off as these episodic shows that like you could just come in. It doesn't matter if you've yep. seen the show at all before. By like the third or fourth season in, when Lost was getting big, you could see the pressure from the producers that they started having these storylines that gonna say. were going to be continuing mm-hmm. through various episodes. Mm-hmm. We saw it with House yeah. too, which we'll probably get to. Mm-hmm. Well, Lost, they had like an overall, like, this is how we want the show to end. We don't know when we're going to end. So especially mm-hmm. in the third season, there's kind of a lot of dud episodes, even though that season as a whole is great. But in the mix, mm-hmm. there's also some really dud episodes. And they went to the – there's a particularly bad episode about Jack getting his tattoos. And so that's when they went to the producers and say, look, we're making this crap because we don't know when it's going to end. We don't want to, like, go our storyline too soon. And they agreed at that point, all right, we're going to set you up to finish in season six. And they had like episode, episode planned out. So they said, they know like this is where the season's going to end and start from there on. And they were able to actually move their story along, which mm-hmm. is why in season four, it really picks up. And it's like, it's a lot more stuff happening, a lot less them hanging out on the beach. Right. Not just filler episodes, but there's actually purpose behind yeah. these things that are happening. Because they you have know, a timeline. They know when we're gonna, they're going to meet all these things. But that frustrates me that they gave themselves a time limit. And then when the show ended, they're like, we just didn't have time to get into Libby yeah, right. and Walt. And it's like, <laughs> you, can't have you gave yourself the time limit. Give yourself an extra half season. <laughs> and then to have a couple episodes where we know what happened to Libby and we know what happened to Walt in the back. You know, mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I think like the... the um, one of the major things about this entire decade is like the other kind of like mystery drama shows kind of in that mm-hmm. same genre that were like massive. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking 24 was huge. <laughs> That's, yes. uh, and uh, just to list off some other ones, um, I'm a huge prison break fan. I loved prison break. You're, you're naming off my list right now, Paul. Yeah. Uh, Heroes. I had a great first season. Heroes I, was I wrote- an awesome first season and then yeah i, I agree. wrote down the show heroes i never watched it but as soon as i wrote it down i thought of paul because i knew he loved it and then i i didn't really put it on here because i i did hear it like it got pretty bad after season one i didn't but... even watch season two yeah right <laughs> i watched season two and that was during the middle of the writer's strike but you could tell like before the writer's strike they're like uh this is what happens now and he does this and then mm-hmm. like the writer's mm-hmm. strike happened and it cut off like this cliffhanger that was left open-ended in the second season and like we're not coming back to that and the whole mm-hmm. the show just sucked after that here's another here's another show like since we're just naming a couple that we're probably not going to jump into there's another one that's pretty small that i liked but it it, it didn't have staying power it was lie to me do you guys remember that show yeah, oh, yeah i know it i never watched it i i liked it a lot the idea of tim roth as this lie detector Sure, like when you stop and think about it and really like flesh out like the reality is this, you're like, eh, yeah, it's stupid. But it was fun TV for a season. Yeah. What what network was that on? That was, was that on, on Fox. Or... So Fox had a lot of these. Okay. Like they were they were going for these type of shows that you're talking about of like the 24 and these um like the Prison here's the, here's the other thing that we saw grow in the tw- 2000s. Shows with an antihero. So we've already brought up House and we like it 
gets to Breaking Bad at the end of the 2000s, but we started mm-hmm. to see the growth and the rise of anti-hero storylines. And so you had like mm-hmm. Lie to Me was another like that sort of character. In Heroes, you had a number of anti-heroes in it too. Um, but yeah, House was to me like the 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 butter the bread and butter of an anti-hero story arc and so um i love house i think it's such a great show it's my favorite medical well scrubs gives a run for its money but i i do want to touch on 24 real quick too because i think oh yeah they uh, that was a really unique concept i I mean the idea Mm -hmm. of a one day show over a 24 hour season so 24 episodes one hour each and then having like all the drama and cliffhangers and the, the execution of the big twist at the end of season one, where, mm-hmm. where Nina uh, is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. just, Spoiler. yeah, well, 20 years ago, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> a deepest apologies to anyone who hasn't seen 24 yet, <laughs> but, but <laughs> there's a few more spoilers, you know, that I won't get into, yeah. but I mean, I thought, that was just such a just a groundbreaking idea. And and I loved Prison Break for similar reasons too. Just mm-hmm. the intrigue behind it and like the way that they built it up and the way that like like you were always trying to figure it out and you were never gonna figure it out how it actually yeah. went down. I feel like Prison Break got so much hate for really no reason. Like, oh, he's gonna break out of prison again. But I thought I honestly thought all four seasons were really solid. Season three is probably my least favorite one um, where yep. you're in the Panama prison, yeah. prison. But but like season two, when they're on the run and, you know, people are getting um, caught one by one. Like, I just thought it was just so entertaining. And then the last season when they're all working together with the people that they were against before. I mean, just I thought I just thought that was a, a really good show. And it's four seasons long. They didn't take it too far. Um, but that I mean, that's probably one of my when I think of like my favorite shows, I usually first think of shows that I've seen from beginning to end. And it's, it's not that long of a list because usually I stop watching after a while. But 24 is probably the first show that I watched like every single season. That's like 10 seasons, I think. Yeah. But Prison Break's another one of them. Lost is another one of them. Um, and there's a whole another section that I'll talk about later that I, I watched all of them for too. But yeah, it's a, it's a, I just thought that show got a lot of hate for no reason. Can yeah. we talk? Uh, can we talk teen dramas too? Because there are a lot of teen dramas. <laughs> sure, in, I've in got I've got one. I've got one that I really like. I know which one you're gonna pick. Which one? Smallville. You got it. <laughs> yeah, it's a great show. I, well, I it, it. again started a great show, and yeah, kinda, the first man. five seasons are like dynamite, and then the six through ten. It's, it's like you can you can break the show in two like one through five is smallville and six through ten is metropolis and six through ten is just much much worse and you're just like okay i've i've dedicated this much time into it i'm ready for it to end i feel like i have a list of shows that i just refused to watch because i knew some people just like them so much and smallville is one of them like for one i just don't like superman and I just remember the Antonsons loved Smallville so <laughs> yeah. much. And I just made it my like decision. I'm just not going to watch it. <laughs> I never I, got into it either. <laughs> I liked Smallville. My favorite teen drama of the 2000s was without a doubt Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights. Jinx. So I mean, that was the 2010s. <laughs> was it not? No, it was. And I think I never watched that one because I knew Paul liked it so much too. So I would say it was <laughs> mid to late 2000s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2006 is when it started. I was in high school, I think, when that was on. So yeah, probably sometime over after 05, maybe 06 or something. Just some great characters, and you know, being a, a sports guy, it just it just hit all the right notes for me. Mm-hmm. And I love sports movies. So I feel like if I did just sit down and watch it, I probably I would probably love it. But and then there's, I mean, the whole category of shows that are pretty much all the same, like. The OC and Gilmore Girls and One Tree Hill and Dawson's Creek. Okay, time out, time out. Okay, Dawson's Creek was not two thousands. Was it not? It was like I, thought, I thought it was. I thought it started in the late nineties. I mean, I think it was over by two thousand. Okay, well, okay. Is it really? Well, I take that one out. The other ones are all two thousands. But I just. But I, I just will not have make... you. I will not have you disgrace the name of the OC by putting it in the same category with those other <laughs> stupid shows. 
I, I really wanted to just real quick make Paul and uh, and Alex and then Dan proud of me. I'm in the middle of season one. I'm almost I'm almost at the end of it. I just finished the episode where um, of Dawson's Creek. No, of Friday Night Lights, <laughs> where Buddy oh, okay. Buddy's affair was found out. So mm. they're in the playoffs. They're almost at state, and then like, I think there's three episodes left. So I'm I'm like a season into it, pretty much. It's pretty good. So, it's pretty good. All right, this just in: Dawson's Creek, '98 to 2003. <laughs> He wow, that's kind of right in the middle. Okay, so we're both kind of it wrong counts. on that one. That counts. I, I would say the heyday was in the 90s. I, I think 90s when I think of Dawson's Creek. Like, it seems like a 90s show, like Seventh Heaven, like that kind of, like, drama. Hey, we all know that um, Beverly Hills zip code is 90210, but do you know what Dawson Creek's zip code is? 90108. For our lives to be over. <laughs> that should have been your one-liner for the '90s decade. That's that. That's a much better joke than me flubbing a Leo diss. So, no, I, I, I disagree. I will be honest. I loved the OC. I, it was. I really loved the OC. I I liked. Uh, I liked the characters. I thought it was a fun show. It's kind of one of those like guilty pleasures. <laughs> I I think a lot of people have that. It's a guilty pleasure show because a lot of people will say I've never watched it, but everyone who has watched it usually says they love it. The people that say they hate it are the people that have never watched it. So, yeah, um, I I would transition here to a comedy that's a teen comedy. Okay, so it's not a teen comedy, but these characters like perfectly mimic like a teen like cafeteria sort of click whatever and i mentioned it earlier and i but i love scrubs and i really do think that the idea of scrubs comes from this idea of like let's take these guys that are acting like the juvenile politics of high school and make a medical series about them and it works really well it, it works way better than i thought it should work mm-hmm. especially when they are like hey let's do some serious moments you're like this is we just had a, a whole storyline about if todd is gay or not and he can't figure it out and then we end the episode on crying about this like this other story <laughs> arc like who what show does this mm-hmm mm-hmm it's it's another show that I I've, I've never seen just for stubborn reasons and but I know it, I know if I were to sit down and watch it I'd probably absolutely love it but uh, but yeah I, I don't have much to say about it but that is um, that, I feel like it's one of the first on a list of like first shows that did like the single cam type of comedy like because that was early early two thousands wasn't it yeah and I I, the, I was trying to like think like come up with a list of like what was the first show to really start doing that. And I don't know if this is accurate or not, but I, I Malcolm the Middle, I think, was a oh, really, yeah. really good show in the 2000s. Yep. And Green. it's like the earliest one I can see that did that single cam, right? Yeah. That just sparked It was, it so was many... stylized very well, too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. There, there were some Walter great White. comedies in the 2000s, too. I mean, I think, like, it, there's just, you know, I mean, we've kind of hit all the other genres. But, I mean, obviously, The Office is... A mm-hmm. prime, maybe in that decade yep. and expanding it's probably the to most the iconic one. single com- cam comedy yeah but how i met yeah. your mother was in that mm-hmm. decade we talked in the 90s episode about like the must-see tv of thursday nights and nbc had that locked down for a while but then after friends ended they had this period where it wasn't so good like they didn't have mm-hmm. that that hit show and so when the mm-hmm. office came around in 2006 it wasn't a hit right away but they're like, they knew they had something. And so by the end of the second season, then they started to rebuild that. And they added like 30 Rock at 2006 to to mm-hmm. that lineup. Uh, I think my name is Earl was in around mm-hmm. that time frame. Mm-hmm. So then they started building that. And then it got better when they subbed some of those out and put in Parks and Rec. And there's yep. one, a community. And so community. by early mm-hmm. 2010s, that was back to where it was in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monk was in that era too. Oh, you Monk, guys ever watch yeah, Monk? Yeah. My parents My watched it. I think Monk. it's underrated. I think it's kind of a throwback show, but I think it's, I think it's pretty clever. I like the, I like his character. I like that quirkiness, you know, just really odd, but really smart. I, I love shows like that, that have an interesting character like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tony Shalhoub is really great. 
I, I like mm-hmm. him a lot. And so the little bit that I've seen of it, I'm like, he's a good character. I don't know if it would hold my attention super well. And it's kind simil- of similar to, to House, though, isn't it? Like the same type of character who's not really less a dark. likable person. Yeah, <laughs> but less dark for sure. Yes. Yeah. He seems like he's nice, but just he, he has his boundaries. And like he, he yeah. let people in because of his own fears, where House can't let people in because he wants to be miserable. So right. there, it's I would still say, a the social reserved. Yeah. Monk, Monk is almost uh, more like, I, I don't, I don't know if he, you would categorize him as this, but even like maybe even autism or, you know, something yeah. along mm-hmm. that lines where he's social. Yeah. OCD. Yeah. 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 And then compulsive. Order. I mean, and kind of in that same genre with kind of the comedic, uh, you know, hero action type thing would be Chuck too. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. which We've, is one of Matt's big ones. I I love Chuck. I got myself all chucked out by how much we talked about it for a period of time. Then I'd watch it a lot, and I'm like, all right, I can I can go for a little bit without it now. That's okay. I thought you were going to so pivot there's... to another USA show from this time period about solving crimes uh, called Psych. Oh, I know that's some people my brother's favorite loved, show. Yeah, they loved mm-hmm. Psych. Um, Brian, have, did you ever watch Psych? Only a couple episodes. I just didn't have time to get into it. I like the I like the main characters and Corbin Benson, his dad. I like those three. Um, but it was another one of those shows that I, I get. It just didn't hold my attention to like binge and keep going. Mm-hmm. But it was a solid enough premise, and I enjoyed it when I watched it. Yeah, that was the my friend Jeff. Like I remember the two shows that he just loved. It was it was Scrubs, and it was Psych. He just he just loved those two shows for some reason. But I never watched either of them. I have some people who swear by Psych, and I'm like, yeah. it's good. Mm-hmm. It's not like mm-hmm. best show ever. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's a whole there's like a whole other like type of comedy, and I don't even know how you'd really categorize it, but really just kind of. Um, Maybe a little bit darker, but kind of goofier comedy. But one that really just stuck out to me that I just absolutely loved, uh, and it's still going on now. But Always Sunny in Philadelphia, um, I think that was um, a really pivotal show in the two thousands too. And it, you know, it's been going on for like nineteen twenties. I don't even know when it started, but still going on now. Two thousand five, yeah. So started in the two thousands, but still going on now. So, but I think that was just a really different type of comedy that we weren't used to seeing and you know fx was another kind of newer type of network that was putting those darker darker shows that were on there um but that's just a show that anyone can just sit down and just watch any random episode and again characters that are not likable whatsoever but the things that they do and um the situations they get into it's just it reminds me of like a a live version of like south park or you know, Futurama or something like that, you know, but that was a, that was a really good show. There, there is that like birth of that John. Cause I don't, I can't think of any before the two thousands that were like, every character is a terrible person and you're supposed to laugh at how awful they are. <clears throat> like mm-hmm. we get that from Kirby enthusiasm. I started in 2000. Yep. That was definitely yep. that type of show. And so I think yep. it's always sunny took major credit from, curb your enthusiasm but i think the one that finds a good metal ground of for me like it's like because curb your both of those actually like are a little off-putting for me just because of how terrible they are and i'm like mm-hmm. it's hard to really get it's, into there's this. parts that are really hard to watch yes whereas for me arrested development is that sweet spot yeah you can watch mm-hmm. it and be like yeah you guys all deserve all the crap you're going through oh, but yeah, it's really sure. funny to see right i mean right. wasn't yeah. that kind of the punchline of the finality of seinfeld too is that the yep. four of them were all pretty much terrible people. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. But because you were rooting for them, they like they didn't lean into it early on. They're just like, this is stupid stuff. But then there's like th- that finale really drives home that idea. Like, yeah, you guys all were laughing with us for a while, but if people were like this, they're not that good of people. Mm-hmm. That's probably true um, of how I met your mother too. I think of... <laughs> what was that? Except for Marshall. <laughs> He's saying how I met your mother. All those characters as well. I think you're right. I think there's a point to be made about how awful every character is, except for Marshall. I he doesn't have too many. Yeah, Marshall's the best. Yeah. <laughs> but 
But like Lily, she's the surprising like she's not that good of a she kind of sucks, no. you know. <laughs> and she's a kindergarten teacher, so I mean, you watch your kids, guys. <laughs> uh, another really big one in that same kind of category. Um, that was another huge one in in high school that everyone was talking about uh, was Chappelle Show. Oh yeah, uh, and that mm. that started a lot of you know <laughs> other you know, Key and Peel after that, and um, probably a whole bunch of other ones I can't think of right now. But Chappelle Show, it only really just two seasons. I think the third one is when Dave Chappelle left and went to Africa or something. No one knew what happened to him, and they had other people fill in for him. But the first two seasons, I mean, you know, you can still quote those skits. Prince playing basketball. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And Charlie, Charlie Murphy. I mean, it's just, there's just so many skits that are just hilarious. And then, you know, Key and Peele is like one of my favorite shows now. It's another show where you can just go into YouTube and watch any, any skit from Key and Peele and just laugh. But that all happened from, you know, Chappelle show. I I wouldn't credit Chappelle show quite as much as being like influential. Cause like we've had variety shows for so long, but it definitely has changed the landscape a bit as it's gone, gone along. Key and Peele and Dave Chappelle are both definitely more aimed at an adult generation versus like Mm -hmm. Carol Burnett. That's like, sure. It's aimed at adults, but it's family friendly, you know? Right. It's a little bit different because it it had a a small live portion of it, but they were all like, you know, you know, digital skits like SNL had their, their digital shorts and everything. And this show was primarily digital shorts. Let's, let's cut these short videos, put it into a live performance. Um, but yeah, like kind of what you said, it's more, you know, catered to a more adult type of crowd. Yeah. And even though SNL is also for an adult crowd, it. I feel like Chappelle show pushed the boundaries a lot more yeah. than SNL did. And that might be the biggest thing we credit as a Chappelle show with where key and people like it'll comment on modern day stuff, but I don't feel like it push, pushes the boundaries because I think Chappelle show already pushed those for them mm-hmm. or other shows mm-hmm. like South park has pushed them too. like some right. that push that sort of envelope that you, you come in at a certain point. It's like maybe in the nineties, this would be edgy, but it's, it's really not anymore. Mm-hmm. Like future, let's like look, look at some uh, animated shows. Futurama does not get yep. the same hate that Simpsons did, even though it's just as inappropriate as Simpsons. But Futurama mm-hmm. came right after. Here's another animated show from this time: is Family Guy. Family Guy. And so mm-hmm. Family Guy and South Park were picking up the mantle of, "Hey, Simpsons did it. We can make shows for adults that are animated, but we're gonna really be for adults." And like well, they had to have this label on the the penis envy episode of Family Guy at the very beginning of the episode. I remember that one. They're like, guys, this one's especially bad. So you really, <laughs> if you have kids, uh, don't let them watch this one. Uh, I, I would say Simpsons was more controversial because of the time slot and the location that yep. it was at. It was on Sundays after football, mm-hmm. you know, in that in mm-hmm. that evening time slot on network TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, and, and I remember it just watching the rerun. I think it was like 5.30 on Fox, like right after school, yep. you know, Simpsons is on, you know what I mean? Like in the middle of the, you know, the day, yep. but mm-hmm. yeah, either watch that or uh, flip over to WB and watch Batman, the animated series. One of yeah. those. <laughs> Take your pick. <laughs> or Pokemon. I don't know. I, I don't remember what there, that was. I have, uh, I have two shows on my list that I've, thought we should probably bring up that I didn't watch at all, but that were massive in this, in this era. One of them was uh, Grey's Anatomy, which mm-hmm. I watched a little bit of that, but I mean, that was a big, big show. And then the other I avoided one did saying just because like, not only because we talked about this last week, but Grey's Anatomy, it started in 2005 and because it's still going, I feel like that's a 2010 show. I feel like that's, like when I heard so many people talking about it, it, it was big enough when it started, but really by 2010, mm-hmm. it was like now it's in peak form and a lot of people are watching Grays. And yeah, then- I didn't, I didn't, get, I, I've watched the, I think I've watched 10 seasons of it, which is only like half of them, <laughs> but I, I started watching it, you know, when it, season five was probably airing. And um, it, that, I would say that's probably my guilty, guilty pleasure is Grays Anatomy, but I did know when to stop watching it. 
So. Yeah, because I mean, Shonda Rhimes, she now has like a blank check for really starting any show that she wants to. She's going to get trusted because of the success of this. But it took um, yeah. until 2012. Sure, they had private practice as the spinoff show. So that was another Shonda Rhimes vehicle. But 2012 was the first non-Grays that she did with Scandal. And so that was its seventh season of Grays. So it's like it took her seven years for people to be like, yeah, this is a big hit. Shonda, you can do what you want. And I would say, uh, I mean, the the other one, Desperate Housewives, was I, oh, a I very totally big show. That show. I have both of those mm. in the same little category here. That one I never watched at all, but I knew it was a, a, a big a big deal. And I would yeah. say uh, reality TV too. Uh, that, that was also kind of the Hills era on MTV, <laughs> which which was maybe kind of like the OC, you know, reality mm-hmm. show basically. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, and this was 16 and pregnant around this time too. Oh, oh man. Yeah, yes, yeah probably so. was. Yeah. The MTV shows. Yeah. 2009. There was that, so that's there was that huge, there was that big, um, VH1 reality show where they had the has been celebrities. Um, oh gosh, what was it? I just remember Vanilla Ice was on it. I don't Anyways, know. I don't remember. I, so I that, one. That, that one, that one, <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. Um, another show that I wrote down, I actually watched a good amount of it. I don't think I finished it. Um, actually, I should check and make sure this is in the air because I just was guessing. Eh, it's 2007 was when it debuted. But Mad Men, we were talking about like these Hollywood level shows, and like John Hamm, he wasn't huge at this time, um, but Jared Harris was, and he came on like the third season, and he was on for a, a few seasons. The surreal so, life. That yep, I was just waiting for him to finish the surreal <laughs> yeah. life. I, I didn't bother. I, I wasn't listening to Matt. I don't. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Talk about Mad Men, guys. Uh, Mad Men also had uh, Alexa Bl- Alexis Bledel. Is that Brian? Is that her name from Gilmore Girls? Yeah, there. So she she was on for Ark. So like. I'm a little late in the conversation for this episode to talk about these cinematic shows, but I felt like Mad Men was that like highbrow sort of show mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. it didn't quite spell out things for you too. Like Lost was a, for the common denominator viewer. Sure, they didn't spell things out, but at the same time, it wasn't like we're going to do lofty concepts. Mad Men had some like some strange metaphor stuff that is like you you're supposed to talk about it to really understand what the the writers are trying to get at and like it's one of those shows that's like it's not for everyone it wasn't for me and i'm like i don't really want to think that much about this plus it's a little nihilistic too it's obviously sexist but there's a little bit of like nothing matters because you're not letting anything matter and so it wasn't my high art sort of show but it definitely struck a chord with a lot of people yeah, and that, that came in, I think another one too, where it came in kind of towards the end of the decade and carried over into the 2010s. But I think, you know, first couple, maybe maybe it was popular right away. I, I never, that's another one, never really watched, but I knew it was people that watched it really liked that show and it was, it was a very iconic show. Um, but, yeah. I had another one on here that I don't have a segue to, but if anyone, I've only got one left. So if anyone's got more. Man, I, I have a whole whole category of shows that we haven't even talked about yet. okay i want to hear the category yeah okay so when i think of the 2000s i think of um hbo showtime all these other networks that sparked all these big you know production type of shows we kind of talked about big productions before with 24 but i think that's really where hbo really took off and this is my all-time favorite show ever but the wire I knew it is oh my gosh it is just a perfect show every single season some aren't as good as the other ones but what that show did it the whole show I mean, when you ask about what that show is about i mean it's about the city of baltimore yeah and each season talks about a different area of baltimore whether it's the projects or the port or the school system or you know the political system and it follows the same characters but you'll have season one you know where you have your main character and i can't think of his name up top of my head but the detective in that show mcnulty and then you flash forward what was McNulty. It? McNulty, yes. You have McNulty, but then you go into later seasons and he's in like one episode. So they don't like follow the main characters throughout this whole timeline, but they just focus on one certain area of of the city and follow the same kind of storyline. 
But that that show, I think, you know, it, it came out after Sopranos. I think Sopranos was the first one that really took off, like HBO and Showtime and all these different things. Never watched Sopranos, but um, but yeah, The Wire is my all-time favorite show. And, and whoever I'll... wrote that show, not only did they do a really good job of representing Baltimore, but they also found the most Polish name possible for one of their characters in season two, Frank Sabatka. That is like Sabatka. perfect yep. pole name. <laughs> no, uh, but that that's a show I you know I could I could pick up and and start over really anytime. Um, but and then I'm gonna carry that over to my probably my second favorite show of all time <clears throat> is Deadwood. That is another show that is phenomenal, but it only lasted three seasons because it never got that following until after um, and after it was canceled. And it was such a high budget show, so they put so much money into you know into the costumes, um, into the, um, the 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 backgrounds and everything, and it was just too high budget of a show, and it wasn't getting a following. Um, but finally, you know, they did the first three seasons and finally, just a couple years ago, they did a movie to kind of finalize everything because it just ended. You'd have no idea what happened to the characters and to the city and everything. And they finally did a movie to kind of like end everything because it got such a big following. Um, but though, when I think of like my favorite TV shows, it goes down to those HBO shows because every single one of those that I started watching, I pretty much finished. They're just, they just really, um, captivate you. The characters do, the storyline does. And again, kind of what Lost did, but any main character can, can die at any point. You have, you know, no one, no one is really safe. So any, it's like watching, it's like watching a very, very long movie over a long period of time, which is what I think makes these shows just so entertaining. Gets you to come back and see how the whole thing finishes out. Yeah. And we wouldn't have The Wire if we didn't have The Sopranos. That's a show I didn't watch. Oz is another one too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those those shows really sparked um, all these, you know, Game of Game of Thrones wouldn't really be happening if it wasn't for these other shows to really kind of pioneer that. <clears throat> it's kind of funny is uh, I heard so many people like rave about The Shield. And so when I started mm -hmm. watching The Wire, I actually thought I was watching The Shield. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I didn't know any better. And so I'm like, okay, when does Michael Chiklis show up? I know he's in this, but uh, <laughs> I don't see him at all. But now, so now I've watched like two seasons of the two and a half seasons of the Wire, and I have seen oh. zero of the Shield. You know, I would I'd say I have a, a DVD box set of the Wire I could lend to you, Matt. Um, but I borrowed it to somebody else, and I can't remember who. Um, so if you're listening, if you have my Wire uh, complete season on DVD, I would like that back. But it's on HBO Max, and I have subscription. I to want that, the, so. I want the I want the collector's box set. So you can watch it in low resolution. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Give me that great 1080 glory. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, love it. See, I would have not thought of that, even though I've seen those. But yeah, like HBO was. Mm. So massive. can I ask a, a just a, like a poll question here? What sure. show would you say best represents? Like with, when you think of the 2000s television, what's the first show that comes to mind for you because i couldn't answer the this the office that's that's what i would probably say too mm -hmm. yeah i e i feel like it's an easy answer but that's the first show that pops into my head that or lost um one of those two yeah mm -hmm. both those are both my answers is it depends on what you're thinking, but like those are so influential for because we didn't have really any mockumentary shows before mm -hmm. the office, and then we've seen a number right. of them since then. And some that like kind of toy with it, like Office leaned into the mockumentary of it hard, especially in the later seasons. Um, there are some shows that like pretend like Arrested Development actually is technically a mockumentary, but they don't have like mm -hmm. talking heads, and only mm -hmm. every now and then do they like. You know, like there's a courtroom fight and then like the no cameras are allowed in the courtroom. So they stay outside the courtroom like that's right. So uh, it, it I, I think office is a great answer. They're both a great. I, I can't decide. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, They're both too good. I'm a terrible politician. I can't make a stand. Do you have a different one in mind, Paul? No, I I, I mean, that was the one that actually stood out to me the most, too. But. I don't know. I, I still have a hard time kind of like placing that as like, just because it, it was really from, you know, later 2000s into the 2010s. So it's kind of 
half and half, even though the, the strongest part of it was in the 2000s, I'd say. How many seasons was The Office? Was it nine? Eight? Nine. Oh, nine. Yeah. Two without so 2005 to... 2006, yeah, I think, the... was the first. And, and so, like, that 2000... I wrote down 2005, okay? So, <laughs> that's true. I'm okay. Just... I'm gonna look at... I'm, I don't know. <laughs> the, oh, The Office was 2006, if that's what you're asking. Ding. Thank you. <laughs> um, it, it's uh, March. I was March I was compiling my thought. Oh, go ahead. Is what? that the British office? Oh, it says American. Thirteen. Right. This was like two thousand one. I think. Never mind. I need I need two apologies right now, Brian. You don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna oh. hold this up again. I'm just gonna instead <laughs> of apologizing, I'm doubling down on the. <laughs> behavior and holding your your alien hostage um, let's just put it on the list of tallies for pain and suffering you've caused me and i'll scratch off one of those yeah right. no, never <laughs> never um so what i was going to say is pre-2000 it was very rare to see that there was a very delineated line of movie actor versus tv actor mm-hmm. and 2000s is when we started to see that blend a little more like especially with steve carell being on the office or um well no i was gonna say brian cranston but he still was kind of more tv but like yeah. uh, Kiefer sutherland there you go that's that's another good pick mm-hmm. is that you saw there that start to bleed over a little bit more but then the high profile nature of these shows like you brought up paul built more and more prestige amongst TV shows. And like now we're seeing it a lot different where we're going to see plenty of these high level. Tom Hanks has had a TV show and well, he had, he had booze and buddies to begin with, but he, he went back to TV for Apple plus and um, like some of these other big names who just was in another one, but like, you know, there's all these the huge morning names. There's not, there you go, morning show. There's Reese not just this. Jennifer Aniston. Mm-hmm. There's not mm-hmm. this big line. There's not a chasm between it. It's like when an actor is going to be in an, a show, you're not like, oh, that's beneath them. It's like, no, you're just excited to see that actor again. So we mm-hmm. saw that start in the 2000s, and it's good to to see how the seeds of that planted. Can I can I bring up one more that? Yes. Tech. Technically TV, but you, you brought up Tom Hanks, and I had this on my list. But Band of Brothers, um, it's a mid series, so it, it's kind of between both of them. But that show so is good. just amazing. You know, it has it has the history element, and like what I like about it too is in between all the episodes, they'll have the real people that these characters are based off of, and everything talking about what it was like for them. I mean, it's just, and then when everything is all over in the show, you know, don't say the names, you know, when they're talking until the very, at the end of the very last episode yeah. and you see these people, how they're still alive now. And they're, you know, they're, they're talking about these stories and what they went through and everything. I mean, it's just, it has that emotional element to it. It has the production value of it and you just are invested in all these characters. And then just the fact that this is all like true, like this all happened. It's just, it, that show is just amazing. The show I wanted to highlight too that is, it ends up pretty much being a miniseries because it got canceled after the first season and people still aren't letting it go is Firefly. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. I love that show. <laughs> and Firefly spawned a movie. They at least had that, like, thank God that you could get closure from Serenity. Serenity. And so mm-hmm. that was a great movie. One of my like top 10, maybe top 15 movies that in that I love but the show was really good. And it was again that like it makes, it does still make me upset that Fox screwed it up because like the pilot episode of Firefly played like a two hour movie. Like they, yeah. the whole concept of it was they, they're being chased by these Alliance members. And like, there's a spy on our ship. Who's that spy? But because they aired things out of order and you already saw the main cast, you didn't have that mm-hmm. huge. Cause they actually like will mislead you and make you think that the spy is two of the main cast members. And instead, nope, it's this other guy that you're never going to see again. And so it's like, well, it's already ruined for us because we saw the pilot episode be the train job. And so they aired things out of order. They had long breaks in between stuff. And, like, they just didn't do it any favors. And it had a really intriguing promise that 
premise that could have gotten stale, but with only season one and a movie, it still ends up being mm-hmm. really high quality. Mm-hmm. So I had to bring that up. <laughs> had to mention it before we close. Yep. I did have, I had that on my, my list of honorable mentions I have not seen. So <laughs> oh, well, it's, it's really good. I'd let you borrow my box set, but. I don't have a box set. Is it's not a box set when it's just one season, is it? I think it, I think it's two DVDs. I think that's it. Is it. Yeah, is it like eight episodes? It's something <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's not much. But um, hey, but it was a, the start of Nathan Fillion's career, and it helped launch Alan Tudyk's and even Christina Hendricks. She's in a couple episodes. Hmm. So three people I've never heard of. Uh, Christina Hendricks was big in Mad Men. Uh, she's like the okay. red-haired gal that she should. I I figured she'd have a bigger movie career than she actually does. Um, Nathan Fillion was uh, never mind. Just look all them up. <laughs> <laughs> I I bored myself. That's definitely just not going to so. happen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, any other shows before we go into trivia? Entourage and Dexter, love those shows too. Mm. I love it, Alex. You I'm came ready to rumble, man. That. We're this is Alex's podcast. We're all just living in it. <laughs> That's the title of it, isn't it? Alex's favorite shows. I mean, some of us like you know got married in that decade and had stuff going on, so we can you know. I can't watch. help that you're older than me, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I I missed it by like a year. I got married in 2010, so I was just right on the the border of it. Entourage was like my college show. That was the show that all my roommates, we would watch together. Um, yeah. And I worked at the video store at the time, so I would just rent all the DVDs for free and we'd just watch them. Nice. Entourage. Entourage. <laughs> I never watch Entourage. I'm, although I'm a Jeremy Piven fan. I think he's, I think he's under, oh, under Ari Gold. Yeah. Yeah. Another character that you just hate, but he's hilarious. Yeah. The, I I saw him like my big like oh this guy's great was in Family Man if you ever saw that with Nicolas Cage. Oh yeah, uh-huh. he's just tremendous in it, and you're like yeah. this guy has a lot of talent. So I'm surprised yep. that wasn't enough yep. to get me to watch Entourage. But yeah, yeah, and he he always plays that same type of character. It's kind of like the sleazy kind of bad guy. Yeah, and um, I'm <laughs> there was a movie I just watched not that long ago where he played like the good guy, and I'm like what. <laughs> How was Ari Gold this good guy? Oh, he was. It was um, serendipity. He oh was yeah, like the, the friend, the good guy, the good friend who's yeah. Yep, another very it's a similar movie to um, Family Man, to be honest. Yeah, it is. Yep, hundred percent. There you go. All right. Well, hey, that's it for that stuff. We're gonna jump into trivia here, and because they weren't here for last week. Uh, you guys can try and guess and see if you know it. So uh, yeah. last week we talked about a community, the episode Remedial Chaos Theory. At the end of that episode, constantly, Pierce's character keeps talking about how he had sex with Eartha Kitt in a bathroom. Well, what Disney villain did Eartha Kitt play? I don't even know who Eartha Kitt Ursula. is. No. Yzma from Emperor's mm-hmm. New Groove. Um, she's yeah. Eartha Kitt is uh, she was the old Catwoman from <clears throat> uh, the Batman Adam West series. Yeah. Pull the lever, Kronk. Yes, that's that's her. <laughs> that's who slept with Pull Pierce. The lever. All right, we that's a great movie. So we talked we talked a lot about celebrities being in TV shows and the, the start of that this this season, and, and especially we also talked about Lost. So which major celebrity was originally thought to be per, uh, playing Jack Shepard? Who did they? I know this one. Who did they want to get for that role? Uh, I don't know if if they have signed this. it. They had conversations with them, but I don't know if they actually well, were like be, offering it to them. Well, the not. actor was interested until he found out what they were going to do with that episode, and then he backed out. And then they changed what they were going to do, anyways. What were they going to do? They were going to kill Jack in the first episode and be like a whole big like. We built this guy up as the main character, and then he's dead, and it's gonna be it was gonna be like Kate taking over, and then this that's why they're gonna get this big name guy just for the episode, and the studios were like, no, you can't lose all the goodwill and kill the main character in the first episode. Yeah, that, is this guy? He was like a famous like yep. movie. Actor. Oh, yeah, you'll, him, yeah. you'll you'll know who it is when we tell you. Um, yeah, actually, so Brian, it was like 
because it was going to end up being the extended role. Because that was originally what they're going to do. They're going to kill him. That's why this actor was like, okay, I can be in an episode. And then it was like, well, actually, the the producers want to backtrack that and have him there. And so he's like, I don't know if I can. I can. So he wanted to sign up and be killed in the first episode. Oh, he did. Okay, so I got that wrong. Yeah. Yes. So, but you you had the gist of it. That's fine. All right. Well, let us know if you if you know that. Text us, and if you don't have our numbers, text Paul. He has our numbers. So, if you have any complaints about this episode, <laughs> please text them to Paul as well. He really is a great lightning rod of hate. He's a referee, so he knows what that's like. So, fact. He's used to. Hey, I just guessed. I guessed the trivia in the chat. Did I get it right? Oh, let me take a look. Correct. It, yeah. Well done. Oh, good job. That that yeah. saves us from having to bleep out things. So anyway, now here's my rant with a lot of cuss words. Here we go. I don't have no, time cause... to give you a hint. <laughs> okay, thanks. Christian Bale? <laughs> no. no. Um, ah, dang until <laughs> ne- Hey, also, thanks to our guests. Our, we had a lot of fun. Paul, Alex, you guys are great. It's always fun to have even just one guest on, but to have two quality guests, it really Can I just point out that, that you didn't even introduce me this time? Does that mean that I'm just like a, a co-host now? You're a recurring guest star. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. <laughs> you are the Steve, the Steve Martin. If anything, you get like you get mentioned in the previously on, and then people are like, oh, he's going to be in this episode because we haven't seen him for a while, and he's in the previously on, so... <laughs> <laughs> that's how those work all right well until next time i'm matt i'm brian i'm paul i'm alex and we're reminding you to stay tuned and keep watching